This is Ozarks at Large. We continue our trips into the first 150 years of the University of Arkansas with Charlie Allison, the executive editor at University Relations at the U of A. This week, how a structure dedicated to the arts is itself a work of art. In looking through the budget laid out for construction of the University of Arkansas's new Fine Arts Center, there were eight light fixtures that seemed to cost more than your average light fixture. But the architect, Edward Durrell Stone, had previously ordered stylized artwork, ten sculptural masks and two plaques, all designed by the noted sculptor Gwyn Lux. Those were used to adorn the walls of the University Theater. So Arkansas officials apparently took little notice of the odd light fixtures. To be honest, most of the expenses for the building being erected in 1949 and 1950 were significantly below the projects that Ed Stone usually worked on. But Fayetteville was where he first grew up, and the university was where he got his first bit of higher education in the early 1920s. So he had a soft spot for the place. Stone was by 1950 an internationally acclaimed architect. After the U of A, he attended Harvard and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, but he never quite finished a degree anywhere. However, he knew how to draw and design. His first major project was a senior designer for Radio City Music Hall, being built in New York City in 1932. He followed that with the Museum of Modern Art, also in New York, in 1937. For the university, his budget wouldn't be as grand. Nevertheless, he created an arts complex that had never been tried before. He designed a center that combined all of the fine arts in an interconnected space, studio art, music, theater, dance, and architecture, and with the express intention and hope that students of the various disciplines would be inspired by those in the other fine arts. The paintings or sculptures being created by students in art might be influenced by the play they had seen the night before, or music students might be inspired by the soaring architectural design of a fellow student and then write a composition as lifting and majestic. One national writer described the center as, quote, the first glimpse we have had of a revolutionary concept of teaching and presenting the arts in a center of their own. When the complex was finished, the Fine Arts Center included a three-story classroom wing, a fine arts library, a music concert hall, and a theater. They were all connected at the hip by an open art gallery. Outside the gallery were a sculpture garden and a small open amphitheater. The entire structure fit within the modern vernacular and reflected the international style that Stone had pursued during the early part of his career, a functional architecture that threw out most ornament and historical sentiment for the clean, pure lines of structure. A writer for the Architectural Forum wrote, quote, In the eyes of a qualified architectural critic, the art center would stand out not by virtue of the most exciting new forms or as an exposition of architectural creed or style, but as a group unique in its quiet beauty, serenely and fully achieved with occasional brilliant passages. These qualities put it ahead of any recent state university work that has come to light, puts it in a class with MIT and Harvard. One of the collaborating architects on Stone's team was Beverly Lorraine Green, the first African-American woman to become a licensed architect. She worked specifically on the design of the University Theater, the first portion of the complex to be finished. Green and Stone designed the stage to allow its use in either a traditional proscenium style with a full fly and orchestra pit, or as a theater in the round. A carpentry shop on the east side of the theater allowed construction of sets on site. A costume shop and changing rooms on the west side allowed the entire production to feel like a family. The theater opened in November 1950 with a play titled Acres of Sky. It was adapted from a novel of the same name by alumnus Charles Morrow Wilson. The play is an Ozarkian folk story, but told in a modern visual and theatrical style. It required a collaboration between university students, faculty, and New York professionals from Wilson's milieu. 
Zoe Schiller wrote the lyrics and Arthur Kreutz composed the music. Bonnie Bird, a student of Martha Graham, choreographed the modern dances. Acres of Sky opened in November 1950 to some critical acclaim by the New York City Press and notoriety from having a photographer from Life magazine taking pictures. George Friedley, a dramatic critic for the New York Morning Telegraph, wrote, quote, I don't believe I've ever encountered as much talent in any campus theater in the country as I found in Arkansas. Well, a writer for the student newspaper, the Arkansas Traveler, was less enthusiastic. He warned students that even though the show had music, it didn't have any, quote, tunes to whistle while shaving. <laughs> and the writer also suggested that the play might be more aptly titled Acres and Acres of Sky. I, I, I guess it went on a little too long for the shaving whistler. The concert hall opened in January 1951 with the Walden String Quartet from the University of Illinois, and then an organ concert by Carl Weinrich of Columbia University a week later. The music hall was officially dedicated in May with a performance of The Marriage of Figaro. The university president at the time, Lewis Webster Jones, delighted in taking visitors on tours of the building, and especially the art gallery. They might be the families of prospective students, a business owner considering Fayetteville for a factory, or even just an Arkansas farmer in overalls who had heard about the new building and ambled up the hill from the Ozark Grocers Wholesalers plant on Dixon Street. Everyone marveled at the building, despite its meager budget. Stone had found creative ways to get what he wanted. For instance, he reused cast-off aluminum discs left over from the manufacture of movie reels and turned them into a glittering fishnet tapestry that hid the unfinished ceiling of the concert hall from the audience below. On the other hand, he also specified those eight relatively expensive light fixtures for the building. Well, turned out, those were actually eight kinetic sculptures, mobiles, designed by the internationally known artist Alexander Calder. And Stone had persuaded Calder to create the mobiles at a below-market price. Someone apparently knew the true worth of the sculpture, though, because today there are only seven. Don't ask how, no one knows. It remains an unsolved mystery where the eighth went. Today, the departments of theater and music and the School of Art continue to use the building. In 1978, the Georgian Boyce Billingsley Music Building was built at the eastern end of the Fine Arts Center and attached to it through elevated walkways, which helped alleviate some of the classroom, rehearsal, and studio needs. Although updates and modest expansions have occurred during the last 70 years, a renovation of the entire complex is slated to begin in early 2022. Charlie Allison is the executive editor of University Relations at the University of Arkansas, and this year he's delivering portraits for us of the university's people, events, and places to mark the school's sesquicentennial. More observations of the first 150 years are listed at 150 dot uark dot edu.